0: the center of the universe. At the border between the light and the dark stands Castle of School. For countless ages, the heroes of School have defended the universe against the forces of evil. Walk through the Hall of Living Pictures and learn the history and mystery of the masters of the universe. Dive deep into the mythology of Eternia, Etheria, and more. For those who know the stories of School, will come the power. The power to be supreme. The power to be all-knowing. The power to be legends of Grey Skull. Hello everybody. And thank you for joining us on episode 8 of Legends of Grayskull, the fan podcast where we discuss the history, the mystery, the magic, the mythology of He Man, She Ra, Eternia, Etheria, Primus, Nordor, <coughs> Golden Books, Ladybird Books, UK Annuals, Comics, Mini Comics, everything you can think of with that Masters of the Universe, She Ra, Princess of Power, He Man logo. I'm Matthew Dooch. I'm here today with Sean Skavarna. Sean, how are you?
1: I'm well. (laughs) How are you, man? I am wonderful because we are here
0: once again to talk some shop. And it's been a long time. It feels like a long time. Best
1: time of the week. Yes. Best time of the week. We missed
0: a week in there. That's the good thing about doing two episodes a week, though, because nobody noticed we missed a week because I just held one for our off week, and that was always the plan. But it, it felt a long time to us. So,
1: but don't think we don't love you guys that subscribe because that's why we that's do why it. We, we
0: do it, it for we will you. Give you. We will <laughs> well, we'll hopefully give you at least one episode a week. That's our plan. So uh, and yeah, quick shout out at the beginning here. Thank you to everyone who subscribed uh, within the past month. We we've over tripled our our subscribers. Um, I want to thank all of you guys. All you guys that joined our Facebook page, everyone that supported us, left a comment, a like. Thank you. It means uh-huh. the world to us. I mean, this is this is very much us getting to geek out, but it's also nice to know that we are that people like what we're saying and what we're doing. Um, and Sean uh, hasn't been completely roasted by the community for not liking Shira. <laughs> well, hey, you know, I'm sure
1: I'm sure my time's coming. Uh, it's sure. just we we just we just talked Shira, so I'm sure they're going to be like. Well, let's see what he says first. And then when they hear that episode, I'll be on next time and it'll be like the, the cut scenes in Mike Tyson's Punch Out where I look like this. And then the next time you see me, I got like, you know, the, my eyes all, you know, Absolutely. swollen. And then the next time I got stitches, you know, it'll be like that.
0: So. I like it. So we're here today to discuss our first Golden Book. Wasn't supposed to be our first golden book, but we lost our first golden book. That was one of our early technical issues. So this will be our first golden book, which is fun. But before we get to that, uh, Sean, you wanted to talk about some bios. Yeah, not quite bios, but
1: well, not. I'm sorry, not quite bio, card backs. I should have said. I'm sorry. So yeah, um, in the last week. A little bit more than a week, I want to say, actually. Uh, there has been a slow unveiling of all of the Wave 1 and some of the Wave 2 uh, Masters of the Universe Origins cardbacks that we're going to be seeing pretty soon. Yes. So, uh, and I, I, now I feel bad. I know Axel Jimenez is, is the one of the artists, but there is another artist uh, involved as well. Uh, he's working with the creator.
0: I didn't look it up, so... <laughs>
1: So we saw <laughs> uh, apologies. I, I know he, he has been giving uh credit where credit is due. So uh, if you follow him, you, you know, there is another artist who's working with him to create the card backs. And there, it's interesting to see the new versus the old. Well, and that's, Matt and I, we were talking yeah. a little bit about that in the last week. So yeah. we just want to touch base. Yeah. We,
0: and that's basically what it turned into to now. Uh, I think all the artwork on the new ones is fantastic. That goes without saying. That's not much of a discussion. I think universally there has not been one that's been revealed that everyone's like, oh, that stinks. You know, everyone's pretty much liked them. Um, And it's Mm -hmm. great, you know, that the card back's going back to, you know, it's going to be in the traditional style. It's going to have the artwork at top, figures down below, you know. I love it. But Sean brought up an interesting point to me, and he goes, you know, it's great artwork, but it doesn't really tell a story like the vintage mm-hmm. did. And it's something mm-hmm. that hadn't even crossed my mind. So why don't you take away that point, Sean, since that was your, um, and I hope you can uh, see this right. I got He-Man's card back. We got the old and the new up is who we're starting with here.
1: I I actually, I'm going to give credit where credit's due. I I saw Eamon O'Donohue actually, Bring that up in one of the groups over the weekend. And when I looked at them, I'm like, he has a really good point. Um and, and I agree, there there is something to be said about the storytelling then versus now. Um the fact that basically before filmation, Masters relied heavily on mini comics and the cardback art and the box art to get across what their story and the brand was. And in in this way, the Errol McCarthy art from back then, it conveyed certain things that it might be missing in the way that the new cardback art is they're doing. It's more dynamic, crazy perspective artwork. Mm-hmm. But there is something to be said about what does that artwork represent when you tell the character's story. Right. And in the case of He-Man, you really can't say that <laughs> that, that doesn't tell the story. I mean, yeah. I this, this is the worst one to have as the opening for me in that way where <laughs> I'm talking about it because it's like it sums it up. I mean, you got Gray Skull pretty much in the same perspective as Filmation when he would transform into He-Man. So there is that feeling of this kind of sums up the character as well as the Errol McCarthy one summed it up by you could see, you know, He Man, he's somebody that he's a warrior, but he wants he wants to live in peace on Eternia. There is the 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 triumvirate of He Man, Man at Arms, and Teela, so you know who is with him, who's helping him defend Eternia, and he's right there, focal point. So you know this is the main guy, yeah. this is that guy. But you see how you know the the other uh, Man at Arms and Teela are given uh, like secondary yeah. status, but they're not small enough to yeah. go, oh, they don't matter, they're not important. And there is this feeling of he's got this, like, wistful thing of, you know, like, he's looking out upon the plains and kind of having this, this is what I defend, yeah. this is my world, you know, and there's this, this, uh, like, heroic statesman kind of vibe to him, whereas now it's more of, like, this in-your-face, mm-hmm. dramatic boom, yeah. here's, here's He-Man wielding the power sword, here's the power of Skull rippling through the sword and the, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. I mean, to be honest... That was a great one to start showing the artwork on. And actually, I will say uh, Emiliano Santalucia, he actually did his own take Mm -hmm. on this as well. So if you're following him or not, it's worth looking at how he did his version. And he's not doing it to say he did it better. He's not doing it to say Axel Jimenez didn't knock it out of the park with mm-hmm. what he did. But it is interesting to see here's, here's a veteran of the masters community who he was very much heavy in the brand, especially in the 2000 X, uh, era. And here he is showing off. This is how I would do it with just minor tweaking to the thing.
0: Yeah, it, it, and inspired. it's
1: still, it's a great, yeah, it's, and it's a great, um, it's a great rendition, no matter which way you go. Um, but, but, when we get into some of the other characters, yeah. like, um, I, I know the one well, we'll that will get there. We'll get there in a up. second. Um, okay, you got them. Yeah, I got okay. them all. Yeah, I got them all.
0: Fine. And, and you're, cool. you're able to see the pictures on your end well, right? Okay.
1: Yep. Cool. Yep, I'm good. Um
0: Yeah, I just want to say, it, it always amused me. Um, I actually never saw the He-Man card back art until the re-releases, that commemorative collection, in like, 99, mm-hmm. I think it was. Um, because my figures, I got most of them secondhand, or I was too young to, you know, remember what was on the card back. And I always found that vintage card back of He-Man, I was always surprised when I finally saw it, how peaceful it is. Like, if anybody mm-hmm. would think that he would have, like, I mean, he's the strongest man in the universe, and yet his card back art is just him looking out over a plane, not even in Castle Grayskull in sight. Like, And that shows you mm-hmm. where the brand was when this was created. I mean, there's no Adam. Ray Skull isn't controlled by the good. I mean, it's just like... It's like from a whole different world, basically. This mm-hmm. card back. Um, now, for the new He-Man, obviously, he's still transforming from Adam. We know that because of the Power... Con- or The San Diego Comic-Con exclusive. Um, so, so, yeah, you've got basically the Battle Cat version portion of his transformation sequence, which is a unique choice in that fact that, you know... If it was me, if you're going to do this, have him standing square in front of Grayskull, sword up, you know, right at that moment where he changes into He-Man. So you still got a little bit of that weird perspective in this one, but not as bad Mm -hmm. as the rest of them.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, this one to me is my favorite. And honestly, um, I kind of like that they didn't do the raising the sword thing in this case. Um, I like that it's. It's not even like the other option I was thinking was he has the sword across his chest doing yeah. the I have the power pose. And I like that he did it where it's this and it's it's a little uh, – it's not the typical pose you'd think of. But from a design perspective, I like the lightning leads you into the design and, and the overall thing. And it's so like bright and energetic yeah. there that it makes sense because if you did the I have the power, he's kind of like – there's still more landscape you can cover – with the image, so he took up a decent amount of that um, real estate in the in the piece to make it work. So I, I think that's an effective yeah. one,
0: to be honest. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, so the next we've got Skeletor. So I really love that vintage card back art. Again, it's it's from a different story. It's got him lurking out around Grayskull when you know Grayskull was still up for grabs, and uh, yeah. it's a very demon-esque Skeletor. How is is? He's hunched over, like just the way he's walking, like makes him look other than human. You know, he's just,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, it's its really yeah. effective. The night scene or the dusk scene outside of Skull. it's really creepy and everything. And then you go to the new one and yeah, it's, it's, it's a cool looking Skeletor, no doubt. But here's where we've really got that perspective issue. You know, I know what they were going for. They were going for that early mini-comic, like he's doing stuff on the side of the active volcano. But because of perspective, it almost looks like he's going to do like a backflop into like the lava, like it's a a pool, you know?
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, this this one I think I was not as impressed by for some reason because the thing... The thing is, like, the He-Man one sums up who He-Man is to anybody, right. whether you're new or old to the line. You can kind of get the basic idea. This one, for me, just kind of is, is, like, I, I get the ode. I get that it's an ode to the mini-comics with yeah. that opening shot. But there's something about this one that just it, it's not grabbing me, right. like, like he-man and it's it's almost like the case of the figures themselves like he-man i'm okay with for the most part skeletor there's things about him that are driving me nuts in this one i'm not gonna say axel did anything bad in this case but i just feel like there's something missing to making that look like skeletor Mm -hmm. like giving me a story about skeletor just makes me kind of feel like he uses the the He uses volcanoes to do horrible things, maybe, or something. There's this element of that that it's it's like it doesn't really the original Errol McCarthy one sums up he wants to get into Gray That's Skeletor. He wants to use it for evil. Boom, done. You know. So that's just, you know I
0: mean even if you've done that, Skeletor trying to, you know, launching a magic attack at the jawbridge or something like that. Like you know, something to, you know. Like I said, yeah. give me a story, give me a scene, give me a uh you know you as a kid you take that vintage one and you go, Well, I'm that I'm gonna go grab my skeleton, I'm gonna have him sneak into gray school. You know, it's like Exactly it gives you that uh that sense of a story. Whereas the new one, it's just like, Oh, he's just hanging out by a volcano, he's gonna go for a swim
1: especially i just realized the jaw bridge is down so of course he's going to try to sneak into that oh, thing at nighttime i mean geez who, what is she thinking wouldn't? Sorceress, close the door <laughs> do you gone. were you born in a yeah. barn you know <laughs> all
0: right so now man at arms
1: um man at arms
0: yeah he's there
1: <laughs> yeah the, the, I mean,
0: like it's it's a
1: nicely rendered piece but there is a lot of like who is he? You yeah. know, like there, there's not much to be told other than he's at? a guy that can shoot things. Exactly. I and to when see you that. It, it's I want it's like to see
0: the other half of this origins card pack. it's like, well, who's over there? What's going on? Ex- you know,
1: that, and that's the thing. We're getting a very, very, very meager glance of the, uh, the land shark. So there's an element yeah. of, well, you know, I, I would not mind seeing the land shark. And, and it, it is weird, like that, that was brought up as well. Like this is basically another perspective of the land shark artwork. Oh, so is it's that what? Kinda it? Like, well, you know what? Honest, honestly, honestly, yeah.
0: I didn't even notice the land shark until just now. And I worked with these images all last night, and I saw them on Facebook before that. And I just now noticed the land shark shadow.
1: And and that's part of why I brought that up to you. It's like, so why you know, didn't they that, pull that
0: whole scene back and show the head of the land shark and somebody in the you know in the driver's seat, you know, merman or
1: I triclops or somebody? That, it's it, I I feel like for the the back of the cards, it should be something like again, Errol McCarthy yeah. right here. You see, man at arms and Teela, and they're surveying the borders of mm-hmm. the kingdom. I mean, uh, like. It didn't need to be that crazy. And, and if they needed him to fight somebody, at least have the person in the, in the, in the shot with him. So you can actually see here's Duncan going up against right. somebody that you'd be like, Oh crap, he's fighting, you know, he's fighting Clawful or Oh God, he's up against, you know, Mer- beast man or whatever. Mm-hmm. And in this case, it's like there's a shadow of something on the ground indicating that, yeah, there's danger, but it doesn't really do much more than mm-hmm. it gives you a nod at the, the land shark artwork more than it's telling who Duncan or man at arms yeah. is as a character within yeah. the masters universe. I did
0: like all the little beasties. Like there's that little winged creature up there. Like it, it, that's very reminiscent yeah. of the early box art and that's cool. But yeah, I needed to tell yeah. more of a story. Now here's the one that drives me absolutely nuts. And that's,
1: uh, I'm just trying to get a closer look at her
0: here. Yeah, the, this one... This one was like, what are they doing? Like... <laughs> cause the whole, we'll start with vintage. This is evil, and for audio listeners, the vintage one, it shows her using her crystal to spy on He-Man. Um, and that's cool. That was all that right, I needed. Right, like, okay, so she's, <laughs> a, she's like, down on the ground, she's casting a spell, she's an evil witch, she spies on them, you know. Great. Perfect. That's who she is. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a couple of BCs and stuff. And then that artwork is just—I I don't know what she's doing. She's got her her she's got her magic uh, wand, which has some sort of spell effect. Then her left hand's open; it's got some sort of spell effect. And like, there's a little like portal or something behind her. Yeah, and some—it's almost like she portal. Did she come through it, yeah. the portal? Is she bringing someone through the portal? Is she opening the portal to go? Th- What's she doing? What is going on yeah, in this it, picture? It's a weird perspective. It makes, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: It, it, it makes me wonder if she like portaled in from the dark hemisphere into the light hemisphere, but there's a part of me that's just like, it doesn't really it, like it yeah. gives you the idea. Okay. She's a sorcerer because you see the magical elements in, in like the, like you said, the wand, her hand, but it, what else does it right. say? Like, at least with the original one, you're seeing she is someone spying on the good guy. That implies she's trying to figure out secrets right. about him, and probably either use them to her advantage or take him back to Skeletor, and then he can mm-hmm. do whatever he wants with this plan. In this one, it's she's just kind of yeah. there. And, and if she
0: teleported in, uh, why, what's she doing there? There's no heroic warrior. There's no you know, you know, stick a widget there with a cordite crystal, and she's going to grab the crystal. Now you got a story. Like yeah, and that's the biggest problem. on a lot of these is they're the only character on their card back. Which mm-hmm. some of that happened. Well, I don't know. If it, actually, I take that back. I don't think any of the vintage card backs had only one character on it, except for like he. Well, Skeletor he only had one, but he was around Grayskull. But I mean, like for the most part, I... like they always were fighting against somebody. They were using their powers. They were doing something. It showed you their place. Yeah. This is just like here's a cool picture of Evilin, like. Yeah, it doesn't give kids a story at all the,
1: And in from from the art perspective. And, and I, I'm not even on par with Axel. I'm not even going to go there. But yeah. the thing is, I, I keep looking at the old card backs and going, I'd love to revisit that and do my own take of some of those things sometime and just update them. Not not even saying that what Errol McCarthy did was bad, but just kind of do my homage to them. And it's like, you know, with with what Axel did, it reminds me of when I do a commission and I'm just trying to show yeah. here's a dynamic pose for the right. character to be in, so you get a sense of them. But in the case of a card back, I feel like that Eamon knocked it out of the park with that mm-hmm. that little observation of well, what's the story it's, right. this image is trying to tell about the character. And this one to me is yep. that one and Man at Arms for me, I think, are the two where I'm just kind of like. It's not really doing the job of telling anybody who doesn't know what's happening who this is, and then it's reliant on that sentence to kind of sum up who they are. But in my opinion, the artwork should have already done that heavy lifting.
0: Exactly,
1: the sentence should just summarize what you're looking at, you know. And so I, yeah Yeah. that that one to me is definitely. I'm agreeance with you on that. That this
0: one is the worst. It's not doing it for me. (laughs) <laughs> now, this one I like. We got Tila up next here. Um, and, and and here again, all of a sudden we've got other characters in here, and yeah. now you're telling a story. You know, her vintage mm-hmm. one, honestly, I like this one better than her vintage one, because her vintage one is her spying on Beastman and Skelter, which is fine. Again, that tells you a story. Every, all those first three heroic warriors here in the vintage card backs are very much like Centuries patrolling spy like they're they're there as the guardians of eternia So it works. Yeah. Um but in this new one you've got her in the royal uh palace, King Randor, Queen Marlena on the throne, very mini-comic, which I don't like, but you know. Uh and then He-Man and some Royal Guards, and she's fighting off Merman. And okay, that's great. That tells me she's the captain of the Royal Guard. You know, and she'll she'll be the first to jump in and protect her king and her queen. You know, yeah.
1: the The only thing that I find to be interesting from just a traditional level is, you know, they they still use the snake armor around her head when she's doing that, compared to having her just look like normal Tila being the captain of the guard the way we're used to yeah. seeing her. And I like yeah. that. I, I I dig that quite a lot because it's it's actually putting that armor into mm-hmm. use versus people just comparing it to, oh, well, it's the goddess yeah. then, or whatever. Yeah, and she so. will be
0: coming with the armor again. This figure will have the yes. armor, so it works. I
1: yeah.
0: mean, and it honestly, even that, even that royal guard, I mean, they're a little bit just medieval, but I still kind of get a flair of the Mike Young guard uh in there, that the blue one. Mm-hmm. So that that's mm-hmm. a neat little touch. Like I said, I don't like King Randor and Queen Marlena being the old white-haired couple, but yeah. It's early mini comics, so uh so I'll allow it. But <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I, mean, I think this this one's this one I think is my favorite out of the bunch. It just it, it does yeah. its job, it showcases the characters and it gives you it gives you the scenario there, you know?
1: Yeah, it does.
0: So we got one more, and that is Beastman. And mm-hmm. and here again, I like I like the vintage card back. Um it's got him fighting He Man. He Man's got the axe and shield, and I like how they draw Beast Man. Like he's bigger, he's taller, he's bulkier. His arms are very simian, and he, you know, longer. And he, they, it looks like they're just about to collide here and just go at yeah, perfect. That's all you need. Beast Man's the savage henchman. He will destroy you. Um, mm-hmm. And and the new one I like. This is probably my second favorite because. It still doesn't have like a hero to oppose him, but it's got all these little creatures from the various uh, uh, mini comic appearances, and and it, he's standing in the foreground, and it looks like he's commanding them, like go attack, and they're all racing towards off screen there. So there, yeah. I, Even though I still would have preferred to see a hero, like like if you had man arm stand there, about to be like pounced on by all those things, it would have elevated even more. But for me, you get a sense of who Beastman is. It's like, oh look, he's got he's he's a set. He looks savage. He's ready for a fight, and he's getting all these beasts to go attack. For. Like that's yeah. Beastman.
1: It sums him right. up, and, and and that's that's all that you're asking for with this card back artwork. As far as I'm concerned, it's you know, sh- get give your boom. Right. This is who the character is in in a quick like. I mean, nowadays it's even faster than it was for us as kids. To look at this stuff and go, oh well, this is what it is because nowadays everybody has the ADD mentality (laughs) and everything. So like you know, Beast Man having all the beasts around him, I'm good with that. That works, and that the perspective on that I like quite a lot. It it gives him like uh, Beast Man's always looked at as lowly in comparison to Skeletor, Mm -hmm. but in this case, they're making it like no, he's actually he's got cred. You know, like look at all the look at what he brings to the table here. So like that you got the upshot of Mm -hmm. him. And there is this element of like you know wonder to how much stuff he can control right. using his powers. And I, I think yeah, out of all of them, I'd say it, the He-Man one works for me. Teela, and this one, but Man at Arms and Evil Endamy are just yeah. you know they 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 just don't they're lacking. Say it the way the others they just, do. They
0: just need that little bit more. So yeah, but it's still gonna be cool to see all of those guys once this hits the shelves. I mean. It's
1: gonna be, I agree. I agree. It's going to be fun, <laughs> that, that, that card back
0: and everything else. So,
1: um, Not bios, the card back. I still can't believe I said bios, but whatever. <laughs> it's been <laughs> We so all have our long. moments on this show. <laughs> okay,
0: so now for the fun part of the segment. This is actually Sean's book, so I'll let him introduce it, but I'll hold it up because I don't think he has his physical copy with him.
1: Yeah, I don't have the physical copy. I just got my iPad. Um uh, and uh, I'll give credit where credit's due here. Vaults of Grayskull.co.uk if you wanna check out stuff if you don't have them handy, the old golden books and stuff, there they are accessible there. I'm sure they're also available on he Man.org, but this is where I found them. We today are going to talk time trouble. And
0: I will I will and, drop a link down below to Vaults of Gray Skull so you can check them out since they help Sean out. Cool.
1: Yeah, they're, they're, they're very good to me. I like them. Um, and, and I'd say probably out of the Golden Books, this one is one of the most memorable covers of all everybody time. Everybody remembers it. I, everybody remembers He-Man trying to stop the clock yes. on this one. And, and let uh, me do this. It, it's,
0: it's funny. I, do, I don't know how much our listeners know about the behind the scenes, uh, but Sean's my talking man, and I do a lot of the technical stuff. Um, and I don't tell him yes. a lot of what I'm going to do because I like to surprise <laughs> him. So I'm going to uh, go ahead and switch over to this right now. And we are going to take a look at Time Trouble. Oh, look at you. I know, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, so so something cool about this one. Uh, this, I didn't realize that the interiors were – I remember these interiors. Oh, I just didn't realize it was Time Trouble for some reason. The, I don't remember, like – the, the big climactic yeah. moment, but there's moments in this book where it's Absolutely. like, this is yet another artist. His, his name is Luis Eduardo Barreto, who he went on and I know he did DC artwork. Uh, and he was a professional comic book artist. He passed away. Um, he passed away some time ago, but he, mm-hmm. he brings some good stuff to this book on top of the fact that it's such an iconic cover. Um, and I, I I felt like
0: I came home again while uh, yeah. reading
1: this. It, it, it was such a great thrill to read this one. And again. This,
0: it was written by Roger McKenzie, um, mm-hmm. and it was published in 1984. So this is this is a little down the line, and this is this is the second wave of these golden super adventure books. Um, so mm-hmm. we're getting more filmation aspects in here, uh, looks and backstories. Um, And yeah, everybody remembers this book. There are so many iconic scenes in here. And that's why I figured, for those of you who are listening on our audio podcast, we're still going to describe what happens. But uh, on our video part, we actually have the, I scanned in all the pages from Time Trouble from my personal copy. And I've got them up on screen here because I'm like, you know, we have to see this. This is because there are so many iconic images. Like you said, everyone remembers this book, even if they don't remember it nice so yeah this go I, matt go yeah. matt it took a look <laughs> and i like surprising sean and air when we just do stuff uh, <laughs> it's true yeah i didn't
1: realize you were gonna go to that length but yeah. I, I appreciate it because now i got one way or the other to yeah. look at yeah. it and the artwork in this one, oh, i i, I it's love it it's, it's worth mm-hmm. it's worth looking at it one way or the other if you're looking at it in your own book if you're looking at it on vaults of grayskull if you're looking at it here either way anyway it I works. will
0: say this cover here: He Man holding back the hand of the clock, and you can just see he's got his feet braced against the the rim of the clock. His muscles are bulging. Skeletor's in the corner on the floor, just laughing his butt off because he knows he's I won. Love it. Like this yes. is, and this the cover was still Earl Norum. Hmm. One of his few that doesn't this, have his signature on it, but I did verify that it is his, thanks to uh, Joe Amato. He's he's the resident art guy. He remembers all these artists. <laughs> so I verified well, it with then, him because I wanted to get it right.
1: <laughs> this is probably one of – I mean, Earl Norm had so many iconic oh, images yeah. with Masters, but I, I guarantee you if you say to a Masters fan, you know that cover where he Man's trying to stop the yeah. clock? Everybody yeah, will know what you're amazing. talking about. You know, even even it, the
0: way the power swords hang in there, and like there's the glint off it, and it looks like it's about to fall out. Like this, it just is uh-huh. so dynamic. There's so much energy. Now this has a little turn perspective on it, but it works here. Like, uh-huh. um, and I know, I think it's Mad Duck posters. Like they released a couple uh, prints of golden covers. They did Secrets of the uh, Dragon's Egg, and I know they did Power from the Sky. I don't think they've done this one, and they need to, because this would make an uh-huh. amazing print. They like they clean it up, and they take the logos off and everything. Oh, my God. I would I, This one I would buy. The other two were tempting, but I didn't pull the trigger, but this one I would buy in a heartbeat, because this is iconic. I used to stare at this cover for hours as a kid. It was amazing. Yeah. So let's go ahead and let's jump into the, the first couple pages. Let's there. do it. Uh, so we get a very stereotypical opening scene here. You know, uh, Orko's doing trying doing a magic trick. Uh, Adam is lounging. Cringer's asleep, and Tila's giving him a hard time because he's just lazy. <laughs> so,
1: and ironic that uh, we just talked about the uh, card backs with Tila in the snake armor, and here yes. she is. Snake armor Tila being right here. Yeah, this front and this center, this so.
0: Golden Book Snake Armor was always interesting. It's that very unique look. The the headpiece is like a separate helmet and Yeah. It's not very snake like, honestly. It's
1: it, it it reminds me of Buzz Off. Yeah, arm. it's
0: it's a very buzz off like helmet. It's 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 <laughs> yeah. very unique. But yeah, so we've got pure filmation here, you know, Adam being lazy, Tila giving him a hard time. Perfect opening scene, you know.
1: Uh, one thing I'm going to say, and I know this is going to be something that throughout I'm going to be pointing mm-hmm. out. I'm not the biggest Orco yep. guy, but I adore this Orco. Really? The is, the, the look of him. No, there there is there is a if you look at it at, at the um, mm-hmm. at his scarf yep. around his mouth. You'll see it, – it reminds me of the Spider-Man eyes since the 90s where the Spider-Man eyes will end up doing uh, expressions for True. Spider-Man even though he's behind a mask. And in this, you'll notice there's this little fold in the scarf True. that will almost indicate what his mouth is doing while he's doing something else. I love the little hands he has in this. They're, they're, like I know, I know Film Nation did that, but there's something about the way that these are drawn right. – that make him so much more, um, like they're they're more compelling to look at in in the panel when he's there. And there's just something about the overall look. Yeah.
0: There's a little. I just did. I, I I was just curious because it's very close to the um, But yeah, there's yeah. a little more detailing, a little bit more in the robes. If you a little extra yeah. line art, creating some it's, shadows it's, and stuff. So there's
1: a little more character to him in this. Like I can almost hear. It, through his poses, through the way that uh that Eduardo Barreto did the the art there's certain things in his poses mm-hmm. and the the overall uh character the the I don't know, there there's something in this that just it really it's one of my favorite interpretations of Orco in any way, shape or form. Yeah. And I, I rereading this I was just like this Orco makes me want to hug him. I love <laughs> it. You know, there's something about it where like, and, and because of what has to
0: happen in mm-hmm. this
1: book, that's part of, I think, why it magnifies sure. it for me, I think.
0: Yeah, and we got Tila's stare, and I always love this. She says, why can't you be more like He-Man? He's a real hero. Yep, he's and a real hero. And she dumps him to the ground. I like that, too. She just flips his hammock there and it's like, yeah. <laughs> It's like you realize I'm
1: a prince. I could probably get you thrown in prison for that. Right? <laughs> you know, like, you're
0: assaulting
1: royalty, basically. But uh, but he he's just like, oh whatever, well,
0: brush it off. <laughs> so we go to the next scene. She dumped Adam. He's getting himself up off the ground. Uh, Cringer was woken up by that, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, Orkos, you know, saying too bad she doesn't know the truth about lazy Prince yep. Adam. <laughs> <laughs> uh and and adam's reminding orko i like this too it's a little bit it's a little bit mike young productions before mike young Productions. i was thinking that he goes remember orko you're sworn to protect to secrecy about my identity like why are you talking about it here in public
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah well the beginning of that is it's enough that you do you know like i like that line it's like it's like dude you know more than anybody else and i'm scared that you know this (laughs) you know So and then we get Zor flying in
0: Mm -hmm. and, you know, he's explaining who she is. And that tells you the time period this was released in Filmation's just coming out. This is the Golden Books are making the transition from those early stories like Sword of Skeletor and Caverns of Fear and all that, where it was more of the Alcala inspired, less, you know, secret identity. So it's kind of it's kind of bridging it here. Um and he he draws his power sword and by the power of gray and I've, I, something about the transformation sequences in the books it's almost as memorable as the filmation series like almost all the artists do a really good job of you know a nice action pose then both get engulfed mm-hmm. like that it's it's really nicely done mm-hmm. um, without you know without having to spend you know. They're not gonna spend three panels on it, but they always seem to do a pretty good job of of making it look powerful.
1: Definitely. Um, and then the next page, yeah. right yeah, there, yeah, and you've got the, that, the transformed with the I sword have the and power, Uriah
0: the Power, yeah. You know, um,
1: and so it, it, he, I, I like that the artist did the iconic pose in his own way he didn't just copy filmation because there is something about the way he looks right here mm-hmm. where it's like filmation it's the i have the power in here it's like he's braced himself like i'm ready for anything right. right now and i love that it's like this battle ready let's do mm-hmm. this let's go on this adventure kind of vibe and when you see his the hardness of him like he's he's there like he's a warrior he's right. ready to fight yeah, it's a complete and then when you see change. Yeah, well that and then when you see Orco yeah. and the, the the like him being so surprised and he's knocking over his house of mm-hmm. cards, this is part of why I love this Orco when you see how exaggerated his movements are compared yeah. to how solid He-Man looks there, it it really helps both of them have yeah. room on the page to go. Well, He-Man's the warrior, he's going to take care of business. Orco's going to be funny, yeah. but he's going to be he's going to be helpful as well. He's he's in it yeah, too, you know, and I love it.
0: Yep, and then you got you got Battlecat He Man. No, just Battle Cat and He Man. They follow Zorda Gray Skull, charge across yep. the jawbridge and enter the castle. And then I like how there's a little thought bubbles and word bubbles, you know, here and there in in addition to the text, the block of text. Um mm-hmm. you can tell that this guy's a comic book artist. He's taking these he takes a standard golden book format where it's a picture and words and mixes it up. He's got a- c he's got multiple panels on a page still. It's yeah. not a full comic book, but it's close.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: same thing with that transformation of the Sorceress, or Zor into the Sorceress. Like, that's a really neat uh, neat effect there in showing the the outline of Zor morphing into the Sorceress. He shows the action without showing the action, without being able to devote yeah. panels to it. Um, and I've always liked Battle Cat's dark armor here, too. Like, the Golden Books usually have him in this darker, like, maroon uh armor instead of the bright red and it works too I, I i like that
1: well he does a really good job just with how cringer and battlecat even move yeah. in the pants and it's got his
0: fierce energy he's big he's bulky he's got those huge paws it's
1: yeah i love the huge paws and on top of it he he has him with the typical cat like movements yeah. he's not making him just like here's a static pose there's like this the 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 thing about this artist that i think uh, above all is he brings a lot of actual motion yeah. and and movement to these characters when he draws them and that's a huge part of why when I look at this I'm just grinning from ear to ear like he hit it out of the park with this
0: book for me so. Absolutely. yeah so then uh, we take the next page this is cool I, this is what people remember here besides that cover mm-hmm. And I have a feeling you feel the same way it's the, the yep. sorceress uh magically conjures up the eye of eternia. It can reveal mm-hmm. any foe in any dimension, even skeletor, but it is not without risk. Yep. Um and I like He Man's attitude here. He goes to stop the Lord of Destruction, I would risk anything. Um Yeah.
1: And this is my He Man, like uh, in that way. Like filmation never really went there, but this is mini comic He Man in right. that way, where it's like I'll get him and, you know, I'll do whatever it takes. And he's got that like bluster to him in that way. And I and love here it. Here
0: again, I can't imagine this is coincidence that we have, I know it didn't show up a lot, but we have an Ivy turn mm-hmm. here. And then in the 87 movie, Oh, did you get a call
1: at a phone, Yeah. Okay. My wife just called, but I'm ignoring her so we can finish this.
0: <laughs> hear that Mrs. I'll, I'll be <laughs> later. I'm sure. But yeah,
1: I'll call her back later.
0: Ah. Uh. But yeah, I, ca- I can't believe that this is pure coincidence. Um, maybe it is. I don't know. But uh, I'm trying to think. Actually, that's a good question for the character guide in World Compendium. Let's see if Eye of Eternity is in here. But yeah, this is the one big thing that everyone seems to remember about this, and especially the scenes coming up. But we'll wait on those for a minute. Uh, Eyes of Grayskull, Eyes of the Serpent... I have have Eternia.
1: Nice. It's there?
0: Of course it is. Sean, this thing has everything.
1: I just, it. there was something else you looked up the one day and it wasn't in there, so that's why.
0: Yeah, well, Castle Hellskull didn't have its own entry. It was just in the anti-Eternia Bible. (laughs) Um, Oh, sorry, I got distracted. Uh, Yeah, actually, and even here, it, it only references the golden books um oh but it did a little bit of trivia the eye appeared in on a 1987 Burger King kids meal box illustration oh huh. there it was called the evil eye and it was said to drain the sorceress's powers so I don't know but yeah huh. I, I I just I can't Maybe it was just a pure coincidence, but the fact that... And and I know it had a different function in the 87 movie where it opened and it granted, you know, whoever stood in front of it the powers of the cosmos. But it's just interesting mm-hmm. that they both feature an Eye of Eternia. Mm-hmm. But so they're going to use this to find Skeletor, figure out what he's up to. And this next panel here where they're looking through the eye and they see Skeletor, evil Beastman, Merman, all in front of... Uh, the cosmic clock uh did you ever see watch the old uh chronicles of narnia the lion the witch and the wardrobe not the not the newer one obviously but the one that was out back i don't know when it was made but it was like uh the bbc made it and, like, Aslan was a big puppet, you know what I'm...
1: I, I, I It was, like, a PBS, would air it and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yep, yeah. Yeah, I saw those. I don't remember them very well, but I remember I did yeah. watch when they were on. Well, I,
0: I was big into the Chronicles of Narnia. I read all the books in grade school. And there's the scene where Aslan's going, is sacrificing himself to save the kids, you know? Mm-hmm. And he gets to the evil witch's encampment. And, like, all those demons and everything are just, like, partying and, like, there's this there's music, they're playing the drums and, like, it's just, like, this frenetic energy and they're all yeah. cheering and they're happy that they won. That's exact, when I see this scene here, that's what I think of every time because, especially the poses, like, Evelyn's doing this thing, Skeletor's like, yeah, he's like, like, they're all just, like, Cheering and like, yeah, we won, we've got the cosmic clock. Like, <laughs> there's so much energy in this scene right here, you know. Yeah, G Man's mouth is, is agape, he's astonished. Sorcerer's like, look, his hands on the shoulder. Like, that whole mm-hmm. scene there, like, the sorcerer's saying it's worse than I dreamed. His Skeletor and his evil followers have passed into another dimension and have found the cosmic clock, and with it, the Lord of Destruction can control time. Like this whole, like you said, this whole scene, it's got all this energy and movement. You can just hear them celebrating. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then Skeletor can, and this is what Sorcerer's was talking about. She said it wasn't without risk. And it says, well, Skeletor can sense that he's being watched. And he looked back through the eye at the heroes. Like, that's how powerful I, that Skeletor super. is.
1: That would be like if, if this was a movie mm-hmm. or a show, and he saw, he did that. Yeah, he that would be the, the moment camera. as a kid, you would jump and go, "Oh my god, he saw them!" You know, and because right after that, the next page goes and proves to you, mm-hmm. yeah, there you go.
0: This is what people yeah. remember here: the tentacles yep. coming out of the eye. Yep. Yeah, and not only can you see him, but he's struck back with his evil magic, and he sends these green, smoky, gooey tendrils out to grab uh, everybody. And Sorceress Mm -hmm. is putting up a shield, and He-Man whips a sword, and Battle Cat's plowing. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, and I like this, too, what he did in a lot of the book. Here's the first page that really jumped out at me. Like you said, he shows so much action. If you look at this panel, like, He-Man's foot and armor, like, coming out of the panel. Like, he didn't Mm -hmm. confine himself to the panel. There's little parts where if they're doing something really powerful, they'll step out or, you know... Like there's so much happening, they're so big that they're they're actually breaking through the panel. Like
1: they cannot be contained. Yeah, no, and and yeah. the, I I just I I know there has been many artists that have done the um, mini or the the golden books, not the mini cup Yeah, and and you know like some of them, I remember them because of just their line work and the way that they render a lot of the characters. Some of them, I was like, "Why did they hire this guy?" Right. Because there, there are there a are few some. where I was like, mm-hmm. "I got nothing on why this guy's drawing this. It doesn't look right to me at all." This is the one where it's like the perfect mm-hmm. mesh between the actual illustration and animation, right. because there's this, there's every page, there's something in it that is has a movement where you can just feel the next step that's about to happen, right. and your mind's already transmitting it while you're looking right. at the the panel in front of you. Yeah,
0: you don't need to see everything that happens. You can tell it. And this yeah. is what we're talking about. If you've, if you've listened to our multiverse reviews, this is like the complete opposite of that, where it's like that had stuff happening between panels, and you're going like, well, what happened? This is like you can jump from this scene to scene, and your mind's filling in the blanks. You can tell that they're fighting, you know. Yeah. It, he, it works perfectly. Him and uh, Fred Carrillo, he's the other one. He did Magic Mirrors and a bunch of others. And he did those yep. big illustrated, the giant books.
1: He's another one that really those. got it.
0: Yeah, I got them back.
1: Yeah. I, don't yeah, I need. I, I had them as a kid. I don't know if I still do anywhere. And I, I figure I'm just going to hit eBay and get those some, one of
0: these days because
1: I love those oh, things yeah. as a kid.
0: Those are awesome. But, yeah, and then so on the next page there, we got He-Man and Battle Cat fighting, and you just get it. She and he goes in. I like how, like I said, I like how he switches back and forth between like word bubbles and text. Whenever he has something mm-hmm. really important to say, it just, He-Man and just He Man and Balcat just slicing. You know, you see the motion of the sword, the motion line, the motion yep. of the paws, and I'm coming, Sorceress. Hold on for just a moment longer. You can feel the desperation as they're trying to get over yeah. to her. And uh, but they're, they're too late. And she, this panel here, always freaked me out as a kid. Like her getting sucked into the Eye of Eternia. Mm-hmm. it's It's right there with Stanley getting sucked into the the door uh, in the house of chikote, like exactly you're like oh my God, <laughs> and you know even he man, no, I have failed Battlecat, she is gone, you know, yeah, you can just feel the loss like oh my you know, we tried and we just couldn't do it so this these are the scenes everybody remembers is those mm-hmm. tentacles and the sorceress. And so then, of course, he does the only thing he can do. He hightails it to find the the only other magic user he knows.
1: <laughs> and I like this. I, yeah. I, I mean, any time that they made Orko have to step up mm-hmm. is usually uh, – like Lessons, for instance, yep. Mike Young Productions. It's like any time that you have to get the guy who always would say, I'm a screw-up. You don't want to trust me to do this. Right. And then usually the hero's like, but I believe in you. I don't care how many times I've seen that anywhere. It gets me every damn time. Absolutely. And this is that moment for Orko in this mm-hmm. book. I love it. I absolutely love it. And here's, here's another example. Look at the, look at the uh, illustration where the cards are all falling down. It's the the one in yeah. the bottom and it's, this is my Orko. Yeah. It, there's, there's like in filmation, there would just be the dot for the eyes and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. The, it, and here you're actually getting like a full, iris around the, the pupil and mm-hmm. stuff like that and there's just there's like this childishness about him that to me is just endearing versus a lot of people might think of him as annoying or this right. or that for me this Orco would just if he showed up anywhere I'd be like no I like this guy I like him <laughs> it, he just he looks he looks like a sweetheart I just yeah. think he's great so
0: and so yeah so He-Man explains you know you're our only hope we need magic here and he yep. brought the Eye of Eternia with him um, and then next page here, he he asks Orko, "Can you work this?" Um, mm-hmm. Orko's hesitant, and you know, wouldn't you rather have me pull a rabbit from a helmet?
1: <laughs> That's more my style.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Mm-hmm. And like all the, all the warriors are there, and we got a nice blend here: Randor and Marlena. More so on the last page, you saw them, but they look a little bit older, but they're more filmationy. I like mm-hmm. this better than those white-haired grandma and grandpa. Uh, uh, or Marlena, because like we've said in previous episodes, like they're 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 basically our age ish, you know, a little <laughs> older, and we're well, Sean's a little white haired, but
1: I'm, uh, I'm plenty good. white haired, <laughs> but not, uh, but not like yeah.
0: that, not like I mean those those first I don't look like, like I'm gonna speak like this,
1: just yeah, yeah you know, exactly. Uh. <laughs>
0: The, I, I like
1: this too because in two or three panels they're giving Orko the stakes, yeah. And so it's like no pressure, right. but you know, because like in the next pa- the next panel, the sorceress needs your help. We must not let her down. And then I like Orko. Orco sounds like me anytime I have to rise to the challenge. Yeah. Here goes nothing, and I like it. Battle Cat. Here goes everything, yeah. and it's like no pressure. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I even like I even like how it's not, like, he activates the Eye of Eternia. He does what he needs to, but, like, the heroic warriors are, like, sucked into it. Like, it's not mm-hmm. even, like, it's just like, here we go. Except for Stratos. Like, he managed to get into a flying pose. He's like, oh, I do this all the time. Don't <laughs> I'm, worry. I'm going to look proper. <laughs> well, that's it. Like, it's, it's you know, the other ones are like, whoa, what's going on? We're floating. And, but, like, Stratos is like, yeah, okay. You know, this is my it, natural pose. It's It works. It's like he put a little thought into him, you know. Um. The
1: the other thing, too, about the art in here is there is not – and I'm looking just to double-check real quick – there is not a single page in this book that does not have a moment where the artist wants to convey any sense of action, one way or the other. Because I'm looking at this, going, this might be the one page where there's not much, and then it's yeah. like, no, at the bottom they're all getting sucked into the thing. Yeah. There's are still like crazy action. Yeah, and you got here. the
0: comic book sound effects of thoom, you know, thoom,
1: yeah, mm-hmm. um,
0: which comes, which really comes up in a minute here and is a really awesome scene. And I like that they all land in, you know, in front of the cosmic clock there all the evil warriors are waiting for him. They're ready for battle. Skeletor's pointing. To yeah. staff. He-Man comes down with sword drawn battle. Cat's ready to go. I mean, it's just like, you can just picture the tension. You're like, okay, here we go.
1: This is well, it. That, the, and this would be the moment if it was in filmation that, that the theme song would be yeah. kicking in like crazy. And you'd be like, yeah, right. It's about to happen. Yep. And then, and then Skeletor, this two page spread. Oh, what, yeah. what, okay. Sorry, well, sorry. I just, I just far.
0: like, you know, sorceress is in a glass prison there and, too late, he man. We have got the sorceress in the cosmic clock, and you can just hear that uh-huh. filmation laughter. <laughs> <laughs> you do a better job of it than me.
1: And then this, this, and then next that two-page
0: spread where they just go to battle. And this is where the golden books could get away with what filmation couldn't, because you yes, don't, there's not a single punch on that page. There's no contact. There's no weapons being used. <laughs> I did quotation marks in there. There's no weapons being used to hit anybody. It's all implied. And so that's where these books, it's the same action as filmation, but they were able to get away with it because they didn't have to show the hits. Like you see Beastman mm-hmm. flying back and Man in Arms holding the mace, but the mace never hit him. You never see the mace hitting him. So not touching, not touching. You know, even, even Merman and Stratos, like, like, Stratos about to bring his fist down and just bonk him, but he's not. It's mm-hmm. just up here. That's it. you know, like this is where the Golden Books had the leeway where they could show the implied action. This is He Man punching the camera. Like every time He Man mm-hmm. punched the camera, he was punching somebody, but they could not even. Impl- they couldn't show that much. Like they couldn't show him swinging towards somebody. But here, it's just it's just Stratos holding his fist above Merman's head, like, ah. Uh, I like, it's like the Sorceress, I'm going to read this whole thing because it's awesome. Uh, The Sorceress spoke directly into He-Man's mind. You must stop Skeletor. If the cosmic clock strikes 12, it will give the Dark Lord the power to control time. If that happens, we are all doomed. And so the battle began.
1: And you can't tell me that the He-Man song would not be going crazy during this part. I mean, the... Again, I, I can't say enough about this artist. Yeah. The amount of visuals he put into this two-page spread just to show the the battle beginning. Right. And even like the poses he used. Like I love how it, it, it's like usually you'd see He-Man j- lunging towards Skeletor. Right. And Skeletor would be the one holding his ground. I like in this one. They just got out of this. You know, they just got sucked through the mm-hmm. Eye of Eternia. He's landing there and I love the idea that Skeletor is on him for the first time. Because he's about to win.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and Evil and casting the magic in the background. Like the whole thing's just full of life and energy. Um
1: uh, and, and that man at arms pose. Yeah. I, I, I love that he's just going in there, swinging, well, yeah, and he's looks like, like it, lunging. Look, well, it looks <laughs> like
0: he just did the uppercut with the mace, and now he's like about to come down with his with his right fist. Afterwards, he's like uh-huh. boom, boom, you know, it's like mm-hmm. I'm not even giving you a chance to get up. That's awesome. Yeah. And then that takes us to the next page. That as the fight rage on, the cosmic clock began to chime, and you got those those comic book, you know. Uh, 60s Batman, you know, sound effects. It's bong, bong. Bong, bong. There's two on, you know, Evelyn and Tila. There's three, bong, 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 four, and they actually spell that three, four, five, you know, Merman and Beastman. Like, you get the, the whole battle's raging. It's just bong, bong, bong. And, uh, and it's like they're gaining the upper hand, but as you see, it's one, two, we're up to eight on that page, and then Battlecat frees the sorceress from the cage. Bong, bong. And I also like how Battlecat's the one who has to mm-hmm. open the door for her, the one guy without opposable thumbs—and he's you know, <laughs> And can open that cage. <laughs> All right, <laughs> so he just rips it open. <sighs> um, but yeah, so now you're up—you're up to ten bongs, and that sounded wrong uh <laughs> <laughs> Well, it, it is Roger Sweet. That is a part of the lies of bong. No. You know, I mean, we gotta uh, go there. So you're up to ten chimes, and you see them on the page with the fight. And you just feel it. Like this is the point mm-hmm. where the the He-Man theme would taper off, and it'd be replaced with like one of the Skeletor themes,
1: <laughs> one of the Doom and Doom, and You just a
0: bong. Yeah. Bong. You know, He-Man, and Skeletor are locked. They're in the background there of the sorceress and, and they're just locked into combat, neither gaining the upper hand. But his skeletor not even trying to win. He doesn't need to defeat He Man right now. He just needs mm-hmm. two more seconds. That's all he needs, you know? Yeah. That takes us to the next page here. Uh the eleventh the eleventh chime, the bong Ah, you have lost, He-Man, when the cosmic clock strikes, but once more I will control time, and all Eternia will feel my fury. And that's that's that moment where He-Man just gets that, like you, you've always talked about, He-Man gets that little extra reserve, he's like, I'm gonna lose, and he just gets that extra little bit of power, he just knocks Skeletor right on his butt. Uh-huh. I mean, that, look at that, that head's <laughs> whipped back, he's flying, mm-hmm. he lost the Havoc staff, you know. And then he, man, just never, and he grabs at the pendulum, and you can see him here again. He goes out of the page, out of the panel, bracing himself with that one foot, and you can just feel the strain and the energy as mm-hmm. he tries to hold that pendulum back, which, yes, when we actually get to it, it's the pendulum, not not the clock hand like on the front. But you know what? It's comic books. What happens on the cover never happens in the in the mm-hmm. story. But yeah, this is two pages right here. I don't, I don't even know if you have anything else to say. I'm sorry, I'm kind of over. No, uh, I'm over I talking honestly here.
1: <laughs> it, it, like like for me, this sequence would have been like Diamond Ray of Disappearance, where mm-hmm. you know you got the theme song, and then the moment the He-Man disappears trying to break right. the diamond, the, the the music dips down, yeah. and you have that, yeah. you know, like that that like dramatic pause, and then, and then that would be like. You, this pose would be that moment where yeah, it, he it starts he, or, to or,
0: swell up again,
1: and then you hear doo, 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 yeah. you know,
0: and, then, and then that's what he's
1: like, doo, Man. Doo, Man. trying to stop the pendulum, and then bam, and then boom, <laughs> blows the roof off the joint. Yeah, I, and yeah. the
0: whole you have him grabbing the pendulum, and then the whole next page is just an explosion. It's just yep. like boom, yeah, really terrible explosion. <laughs> The heroes <laughs> lost sight of each other and their enemies, like, um, and so and so you're just, what? Everyone's dead, and then they turn, and then you go to the next page. And I like that he didn't even try and like, oh, they're okay. Like that whole page is just an explosion. Like every mm-hmm. shit's destroyed.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then the next yeah.
0: page is when we see Orko goes. Well, it's a good thing I kept an eye on you. <laughs> 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 That's Orco I like. You know, that that's that's yeah. good writing right there. Those are those little chuckles when done right, it's like it's not it's not overwhelming, it's not silly, it doesn't make you feel like they're talking down to you. Just good little breaking the tension moments. That's, mm-hmm. That sounds done right. So Orco was Agreed. watching through the eye the whole time and he pulled them all back out at the last second there. Um and saved them, so. Um and then we find out that while they were gone, Orco also was able to finish perfect that trick he have been working on the whole book of trying to make the house of cards float in the air. So,
1: and, and this is probably my favorite actual image of him in the entire yeah, book. I, I don't know why like, I hey, love hey, that. What I did. It, it, it reminds me of my son who's three. It, it, it like, like he, right. I did it. You know, he has that kind of thing going on. And, and I, I've always
0: loved that image, but.
1: Even now, it, there's more to it now that I have a son yeah. and he reminds me of the same size of it. And think. then
0: just like a kid, so. he takes a bow in front of it and he bumps into him.
1: Yep. And that
0: leads to our last panel here where the, all the cards fall on him. And, uh, you know, and and uh, and He-Man takes a little jab at him, a little, little light-hearted joking jab so the great magician cannot even do a simple card trick.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and, then, and of course... It, in light of Orko's recent display of magical skill, everyone found this quite amusing. So, a typical filmation <laughs> ending. Everyone put their heads back and. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, <laughs> basically. But, uh, but it's it's but it's it's
0: a good yeah. story. I mean, this this is very much a Filmation-y golden book. Like, there's a there's good. This is Curse of the Spellstone for golden books. Mm-hmm. Like, he was almost defeated. He rose up. Nice, well-written Orko. You know. He hits the right beats, and there's a good lesson in there for kids. It's uh, you know they don't have a moral at the end, but uh, but it's it's that little lesson like keep trying, keep practicing, you'll get it, you'll be able mm-hmm. to do great things. Um, and then I put the back cover in there just because it shows that these are the two new titles: Mask of Evil and Time Trouble. And uh, yeah, Sword of Skeletor, Caverns of Fear, of the Trap, and Thief of Castle Grayskull were the first like wave of these books. And those are set mm-hmm. in a very different uh, period of He-Man. So these, yeah,
1: those were more mini-comic-esque.
0: So these are the first two that came out that were, you know, leaning more towards this mainstream approach. And I think they nailed it. Like, this is, you know, I, honestly, we'll, we'll, I'll just jump right in my rating right now. Uh, 10 out of 10. There is nothing I would change about this book. There, There's no down spot to me. It's action all the way through. Good story. Good characterization. 10 out of 10. This is my first thing I mm-hmm. think we've reviewed that i given a perfect score to. And I have, no, yeah. I have no qualms about that.
1: I want to give it an 11. <laughs> I, I, I'm, no, like, honestly. You always have to show I, me up. <laughs> I, no, 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 no. I'm not. I, I, this is a 10 out of 10 for me, too. Because, uh, like, from an art perspective, this one mm-hmm. has me engaged every page. Yep. And I it, it's really... It's really impressive that, with how art and everything in media has gone since we were kids, mm-hmm. this one still captivates me on every Absolutely. page. And um, like I, I try to give artists their due when I mm-hmm. read stuff, but there's certain times where I'm just reading, right. and then I go through the book. This one, I, I to, even now I'll probably still revisit yeah. this, like. Later tonight or tomorrow, and just look through it again, and just be in awe of the line work, the motion that they managed to do with the figures, the overall designs of the pages, uh, even
0: the coloring. Honestly, usually the coloring in this jumps around. You'll get at least one page where you know someone's off model or off color. You know, Mm -hmm. it doesn't happen here. There is all consistent. There is so much effort put into this art that you can if it holds up stay it's mm-hmm. his style it's not filmation it's not quite you know anything else it's his style but he did it in a way where everybody's recognizable everyone was drawn with love you can tell he actually tried with this whereas some of these like mm-hmm. it's good story but you can tell the artist would just like work for hire he's like okay I get this book done and I get a paycheck you know yeah this one you can tell he's like well I'm doing a book here I want to do you know, I and I don't know where this lands in his career. I probably should have looked that up a little closer because you said he worked for DC Comics. I don't know if this was his early stuff where he's like, "Well, I need to take every opportunity I can to prove myself," or just because he is a professional, he's like, "Well, I'm not going to phone it in. This is this is my job. Like, I need to get involved." I, I feel
1: like in this case, he's not somebody that phoned in in at all. No, like, no, no. I, I either way,
0: he didn't phone I, it
1: in. Yeah, no, and and I I feel like it's it's saying it speaks volumes of what he brought to the book Mm -hmm. he didn't just go in there as a hired gun just to do something and collect a paycheck when you look at the way that the body posturing is Mm -hmm. and the the actual body language of these figures like there's no page in this that you don't see he-man in a way where he's either being heroic being someone who's trying to take care of business or he's even when he goes to orko for help there's this urgency to it it's not just he's oh hey orko do you have a moment it's like we need your help now you know and he's like holding out his hand to him and all that stuff like we gotta we gotta get this done and and everybody there's this feeling when you look at their their characters there's a story that he tells with the, the mm-hmm. just that alone right. with the body language that he invoked, and I, I can't get enough of how he put motion into these pages in some way, shape, or form to make your eye mm-hmm. not only not only read it but also to give you that sense of these are characters that they're not just static on the right. page. They're alive, and they're coming out just the way that the figures back in the day – like, if you put them next to G. I. Joe mm-hmm. or Star Wars figures, there was no way around it. He man was going to trounce yeah. them you know, like that figure was powerful. He did the same thing with the art, yes. for me, and this is, you know if if
0: this go is ahead. you could take all the words out of here and just show somebody this art, and they would be able to tell you what happened in this story
1: and exactly. that's
0: great. That's how art's supposed to be. That's how books are supposed. You know, these picture books. That's how comic books are supposed to be. You shouldn't have to rely on the words. You know
1: exactly. And and that's it's funny because we were just talking about the differences between the old Mm -hmm. and the new with the cardbacks, and this is a perfect example of you know the old way really does work. Like it really. It still has so much passion and it has so much energy if you're going to the right, right. stuff. You know, like there are definitely artists that do some right. of the golden books where, like I said, I'm like, why did they pick this guy yeah. to draw this issue and- or whatever? But for the most part, they got some good good illustration uh artists for these yeah, things Yeah, or so. where
0: the story is just not as strong like the trap for instance that's that's decent art but it's a weak story like there's just not much there so but this is that perfect mm-hmm. mix of you know uh great story and and great art uh well colored well done you know and they don't match up perfect they're not quite filmation you know they're not they're they're kind of their own thing they're Lean more towards filmation, but like I said, Battlecat's got a darker armor. Uh, Man at Arms only half of his arm armor is covered, so it's it's a mix. Mm-hmm. It's a mix, but it's it's its own thing, and that's the biggest thing. You know, just make it your own. If you're gonna tell a new story, make it your own. You don't have to copy the past, but you've got to respect it, and you've got to, you got to put solid effort into it.
1: Well, the, the thing that I I like a lot about the art as well is it almost reminds me of a hybrid between filmation and comic mm-hmm. art. And it, it's like if they did – back in those days, like if Ralph Bakshi mm-hmm. or someone like that it, from an animation perspective or even Don Bluth right. would have had a chance to go, okay, I got the license for masters. Here's what i do. Yeah. I could honestly see them looking identical yeah. to that. And that would have still been such a great way to, to showcase those figures and those characters. It's like filmation definitely – I know that's the gold standard for that era. Yeah. But these for me are like – this is almost like – It's it's almost filmation meets Mike Young meets somebody like like uh, like I said Don Bluth or something where it's got this great mix of all of these things at work and it still holds up even in 2020 just like it did in 1984 I think 1984 this one came out so yeah so there you go and
0: like I like I uh, I had this out the other night because I was rereading it myself and everything and then I was preparing to scan all the pages. And I left it on the table while I went to go make dinner, and my son saw it on the table. He was like, "Hey, is it okay if I read this?" I go, "Sure, go for it." You know, he's eight; he reads on his own. He's he's a really good reader, actually. Um, and he just goes and he just sits down with it, and I just see him. He's just he's like this the whole time. He's just. Mm-hmm. Like he never looked. He never stopped. I mean, it's not a long story. He, he reads no. longer. He's in the chapter books already. But, like, just you could tell his attention was just, like, sucked into it. And I have to imagine that's how I looked because this is one of my most read stories. You know, as mm-hmm. I, when I was a kid, I would always pull this one out because it just, it's so impressive. Um, and then when he got done with it, he goes, hey, do you have any other books I could, any other master's books I could read? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And I pull out my box with everything in there and he picks out uh, Secret, of, Secret of the Dragon's Egg and uh, Mask of Evil. And he he sits there and he reads through both of those one after another. It's like there's something here there's there's yeah, like we like I've said before, it's there's something primal about masters of the universe, I'm not the only one who said it a lot of people said it. I'm not trying to say it. I'm like I'm you know, I know something everyone else doesn't, but every time kids get exposed to this, they are are drawn to it. there is something primal, there's something just gravitating about this that just sucks them in, the characters, the archetypes, the you know. I just, and that's the thing where even though I don't care for bringing it all back around to be and even though I don't care for origins and where they're going, if it's presented right, I think the kids will be sucked in by it because the th- things have changed obviously technologically and everything else, but there are certain things that are just, they're timeless. And there's something about mm-hmm. masters that at its heart is timeless when it's done. Right. You know? So.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, that's I think you know no matter what era of um, uh, of of you know what what century you're in mm. or whatever there there's always going to be an element of if you go back to the idea of a warrior yep. or a knight yep. and he's going up against a greater evil or he's going up against a, an evil wizard or a dragon or whatever mm. there's always this this easiness of telling that story of saying, here's this guy going up against this big deal or this big threat or, uh, or it's a, you know, heroic adventure or whatever. What kid doesn't want to imagine themselves along for the ride on this crazy adventure journey with a hero trying to set something right again, Mm. or, or get something back that was stolen or whatever the, the premise of it is. But these are all, innate things that through the stories that other brands have told, they're still prevalent. It's in the bloodline of a lot of this stuff. And this story kind of exemplifies that to me. It's, it's a simple story, but it's, it's the whole, you know, good versus evil. Evil's already one-upped good here. Good has to go in and right the wrongs. And I mean, you know, like the, It it just, it it does, it speaks to something deep in me and it always has. And it's nice to see that a new generation might be able to embrace it and see what we loved. And that's
0: the thing, you know, I gave it a 10 out of 10 and that's not just looking at it through kids' eyes. I was legitimately entranced by this when I read it the other night. I, mm-hmm. I read it straight through. I was gripped. Even knowing what's going to happen, I was gripped, like the mm-hmm. like Sean said. We've said it to death already. But, yeah, that is as as a 34-year-old man, I can still sit here and be intrigued by this book while I read it.
1: As a 41-year-old, it was, it did it for me.
0: <laughs> All right, Grandpa. With great. Okay, Boomer. With plenty of great. Calm down. <laughs> All right. So I think that about wraps up that discussion. Um, this is the time. Please like, share, subscribe. Help us beat this YouTube algorithm so we get to more people. Um, hit all those buttons down below. They're down there. Um, hit that bell so you know when a new episode premieres. Or, you know, we're going to start going live here once in a while. Um, wait a while. by the time this episode airs, we'll already have done one. Ooh, time travel. Because I haven't opened, I've got an envelope that I'm going to open Ooh. live. <laughs> but, by the, but by the time this episode premieres, you know, that'll already be up there. So go check it out if you didn't. Check out the rerun if you haven't seen this. So that's going to be fun. That's some, some animation cells that I have no idea what's in that envelope. Um, go ahead and visit Sean Skivarna. Uh Links down below. Uh, I'm gonna put Vaults of Grayskull down below. Check that out. It's got uh, link. It's got uh, lots of great stories. You can read them online if you don't want to track down the books. Yeah. But honestly, most of these books, with the exception of a few, are pretty affordable on eBay and elsewhere. I don't think besides you know like three or four there there's not many that are going for more than five bucks a piece, which isn't terrible. I don't think even though
1: it's a good reference to, to have the Vaults oh, of yeah. Grey But yeah, I, I gotta get the I gotta get the hard copies in my hand right. too because. Something about yeah. that. Of so. course, it only
0: cost $1.95 back in the day, but you know. Uh, uh, go ahead and join our Facebook page. We got a little group there where we keep you up to date. New episodes are coming. We have some discussions, some good members. Go ahead. Just join everything. Everything down below. Do it. Do it now. Do it. I'm watching you. Don't just sit there and Do it.
1: Don't Do hit it. that. Don't Do hit it. the Do stop
0: it. button. Stop it. No. <laughs> uh, Sean, anything you got? <laughs>
1: I'm good. I'm happy. I, it, it, I love that this book made me yeah. smile. This it, I, I'm grinning from ear to ear, and it's not because I'm just trying to be nice. This <laughs> no, it's, it genuinely got me.
0: Like I feel like a yeah. kid again
1: looking at that thing. It's such a great feeling. Oh,
0: yes, It absolutely so. holds up. So go check it out if you haven't. Check out so if you've checked haven't checked that Mask of Evil in a while. Check out that one. That's another good one. Um, and until next time.
1: Until next time.